If I'm not mistaken, we have this lesson and then one more to bring this whole study to a conclusion. Uh, but we will not have class next Sunday. My family and I will be away. So we have class today and then in two Sundays, and, and that will bring uh, this study on the marks of a healthy church uh, to a conclusion. It's been a good study, don't you think? I think it's been very nice, very good, very helpful. I'm not entirely sure what we're going to do next. If you want to talk to me about ideas, I'm open. I do have some ideas, but I haven't really settled on any. So uh, after this study, we'll take a week or two break and then get started with something else. Uh, let's open now in a word of prayer, and then we will progress through this, um, this topic of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we do give you thanks for this beautiful Lord's Day morning and the blessing it is for us to come together as your people. Uh, your word, O oh God, is truth. Uh, we love your word from the heart. We have come to see it as truth and as light to our feet. And so I pray that you would help us whenever we consider it. Um, no matter if we are walking through the scriptures verse by verse or considering the scriptures in a topical way, I pray that you would Give us clarity of mind that we would see the truth of your word and understand it. Help us to live according to it. And these things we pray in Christ's name. Amen. You'll notice the outline is a bit thin again. Um, as I was going through this chapter, I realized I could probably um, just take you through the majority of it uh, by following my highlights in the book. And then you'll notice I do want to spend some uh, time on point number four in the outline, how to pray together as a local church. I wanted to give uh, the majority of our time to that section. And so let's consider uh, the introduction now. Here Dever begins by talking about how churches love to um, kind of advertise and promote themselves. And at first it seemed a little disconnected from the topic of prayer. I was wondering how the two things go together. I think his point is this though, instead of us being so consumed with uh, promoting ourselves instead of being so consumed with things like marketing let's settle down as a church and devote ourselves to prayer and ask the lord to bless uh, the ministry here and to add our add to our numbers that is certainly what the bible exhorts us to do um, to not be so worldly in our uh, attempts to grow uh, but rather to be spiritual and to devote ourselves to prayer and to ask the lord to further his kingdom here in this place i think that really is uh, the point. But then Dever does dive into the topic of prayer on page 231, at least of the edition that I'm using here. Does prayer work? Does prayer work? And he says that the sovereign God uses the means of our prayers to accomplish his purposes. We ask him to do what only he can do in prayer. I got ahead of myself, didn't I already? Forgive me. What is prayer? Is the first uh, question he asks. My eye just caught. Uh, that heading over here on page 230. So let's start there. Forgive me for being out of order. What is prayer? Endeavor defines prayer in a very, very simple way. He says that prayer is talking to God. Uh, that is what it is. Prayer is talking to God. He makes uh, this point that we can be talking to God in various ways. We can do it in song. Have you ever thought about our singing in this way as a form of prayer? It really is. It is the, the congregation lifting their voices up to God and also to one another. Uh, we're to pray the truths of, uh, we're, we're to sing the truths of Holy Scripture, but our, our singing is ultimately directed to God. And so we are, in a sense, praying to Him uh, in unison, 
Uh, singing is fascinating, isn't it? It's a wonderful thing that we get to do together as a congregation. Um, we get to unite our voices together. We're all, we're all singing the same words, and we get to do so beautifully, sometimes even utilizing the gift of harmony, right? So that uh, we, we sing and even pray together with one voice in a beautiful way to God. So we can talk to God even through our singing. Uh, sometimes we might write out our prayers. This is a form of prayer that we can engage in. Prayers can be unspoken thought, so we can pray in the mind silently. Uh, to God also we pray in words. Uh, that happens each and every Lord's Day, doesn't it? Um, sometimes one person will pray on behalf of the entire congregation, and at the conclusion of that prayer the congregation will say, Amen. In other words, we agree, uh, let it be so, it is true. And in that sense, the congregation is praying. The whole church is praying in unison as uh, the church joins their hearts, as it were, to the minister who is uh, leading in prayer. Uh, this also happens in our corporate prayer service where the members of the church pray aloud and the other members at the conclusion of each prayer say, Amen. Uh, do not forget that we are trying to continue to grow in that tradition. Um, when I was brought up, Prayers would be offered up, maybe in a, in a corporate setting. And then at the very end of the prayer time, at the very end of the last prayer spoken, then everyone would say, Amen. How many of you were raised with that tradition? Everybody probably? When I started to come into Reformed Baptist circles, I noticed they did things a little bit differently. Um, they would say a hearty Amen at the end of every single prayer that was spoken. When I first experienced it, I thought, are we done? You know, <laughs> and then, no, someone else would pray and there'd be another hearty amen. I'm not saying one way is right or, or another way wrong here. I do like this tradition though, because after every single prayer that is prayed, there is this hearty amen. In other words, they're saying, I'm paying attention. I've heard what you said and I agree with it. And I pray that the Lord would bless this prayer. I've, I've united my heart to yours. Amen is the idea. Uh, so, Dever um, talks about all of these different types of prayer. He wants to emphasize that prayer is not some mysterious in, uh, energy. Uh, prayer is not a kind of cosmic ATM or shallow meditation. It's certainly not you just talking to yourself, but rather it is conversation with God where we bring our desires before Him. I appreciate all that Dever says here, uh, but I will admit I like our catechism's definition of prayer a lot better. Um, our catechism does ask the question, what is prayer? And then a definition is given that I think is, is beautiful. Uh, what is prayer? That's question 105. Prayer is an offering up of our desires to God by the assistance of the Holy Spirit for things agreeable to His will in the name of Christ, believing with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of His mercies. I really like that definition of prayer. I'm not going to take the time to preach a catechetical sermon on Baptist Catechism 105. I've done that before. But it is talking with God, most basically. Um, but I, I love a few things that are stressed here in our catechism. In prayer, we are invited to offer up our desires to God, our catechism acknowledges. Don't you appreciate that? In prayer, we are, offer, we are offered... Um, uh, we, we are invited, rather, to come to God and to bring our desires to Him. So it is a valid thing to do. Lord, this is what my desire is. A little bit later, though, it is qualified that these must be for things agreeable to His will. 
And so there are some things that we ought to never pray for because they are inherently sinful. And even in those things that are not inherently sinful, but may be good, even as we bring our desires to the Lord, we ought to always pray, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done as we, as we pray to the Lord. And so I wanted to share Baptist Catechism number 105 with you before moving on. So does prayer work? Well, I guess it kind of depends upon what your expectations are, right? If your expectations are, are that God will always do what you ask Him, uh, then I think you might struggle with the question, does prayer work? If you do view prayer as a kind of cosmic ATM, as Dever puts it here, uh, you might be disappointed in your prayer life uh, quite often because God does not always do what we want Him to do as we bring these requests to Him. But yes, prayer does always work. God always accomplishes His purposes through them, and He oftentimes works mightily in us. Um, the Bible is filled with accounts of God hearing and answering the prayers of His people. So we should pray boldly. We should pray expecting uh, an answer to our prayers. We should pray knowing for certain that God hears us, that He loves us, that He has the power to accomplish all of His purposes. So we should pray with this sense of hope and expectation. Um, but there has to be this, uh, this spirit of submission to God in prayer to where we acknowledge that He may have other plans and other purposes uh, that we cannot quite see or understand. Uh, so we need to come to God boldly. We should never give up in prayer. We should be persistent in it. We should be persistent in it. Um, but we must submit ourselves ultimately uh, to the Lord. You know, my mom sent me a uh, article that she was reading um, from CCEF, um, which is a Christian counseling uh, ministry. It was a short little article, but it was exhorting uh, Christians and especially leaders within the church to be sure that they pray well uh, before the congregation and in so doing teach the congregation to pray and also in a sense counsel through through a through the prayers that were offered up. And really the insight that this uh, article was, was bringing to the forefront was that we need to be careful to not have all of our prayers being about earthly and physical needs, you see. Um, because it can give the impression that this is all that prayer is about, asking God to meet our earthly needs. Um, heal me of this disease or heal my friend, etc., etc., are we permitted to bring these requests before God, requests for, for healing or for the provision of a job or, or whatever the earthly concern might be? Are we permitted to do so? Of course, we are. By the way, what petition of the Lord's Prayer do those kinds of requests, requests fit under? Give us this day our daily bread. So the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Christ taught His disciples to pray, includes a petition about physical needs. We are certainly permitted to do that, so do not misunderstand what I am saying here. But this article was emphasizing something very important. We must be very careful to pray in a well-rounded way so that we are praying for God's glory, that we are praying that the Lord would sanctify us further. In fact, if you go through the Scriptures, the New Testament, and, and the Old, but if you go through the New Testament Scriptures and you, play, you pay careful attention to, let's say, the, the prayers of the Apostle Paul, and he does reveal them. He, he says, I'm praying for you always, and here's what I'm praying for. It's not about a new job. It's not about healing. What is it about? I can't, I can't quite hear you. Sanctification issues, the health of the church, the prosperity of the church, the advancement of the kingdom. 
that's really where the everything is weighted. Um, you know, during our corporate prayer service uh, in the afternoon, uh, we pray according to the petitions of the Lord's Prayer. We don't have to do it that way, but why do we do it that way? Anybody? To make sure we hit, hit all, all bases. That's a good way of putting it. I sometimes say we need to pray in a well-rounded way um, so that we don't just run straight to the things that are most heavy upon our hearts, maybe things having to do with sickness or daily provision. We, we should go there. But we need to pray in a well-rounded way. And, and, and you'll notice, and I think most of you sitting in this room right now already know this, but it still needs to be said. There's an order to the Lord's Prayer. What is the very first thing we are to pray for? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then what's next? Kingdom come. You see, so we're praying for the glory of God, the furtherance of His kingdom. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What do we pray for under that petition? I think it could be taken in two ways, but what do we pray for under thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Both of his wills to be done. So what is meant by that? Uh, God has a revealed will. He tells us how we are to live as his people. So we are praying that God would by his grace strengthen us to obey him. He has a hidden will as, as well. So we are praying that God would accomplish all of His purposes, even those things which He has not revealed to us. Do you see how important it is? To, and can I just, yeah, I'll be a little bit um, confrontational with you all right now. Do you want to know which portion of our corporate prayer is weakest, brothers and sisters, I have noticed? There's often a lot of silence under, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we need to grow in this. It's during that petition uh, that we are to come to God and we are to pray, Lord, sanctify us. Lord, our brother and sister is suffering right now. We will eventually pray for their healing under give us this day our daily bread. But right now we pray that you would strengthen them in the inner man or the inner woman to cause them to persevere. Um, bless our marriages. Give our children faith and wisdom, etc. You see, under get, thy will be done on earth as, as, as it is in heaven. We are praying that God, by His grace, would enable us to obey Him just as the angels do in heaven, the elect angels do in heaven even now, you see. So I think, yes, we need to, we need to spend time on that prayer. We need to pray for one another that the Lord would strengthen us to walk in a worthy manner, to obey the Lord, to be sanctified, okay? Um, where am I? How did I get here? <laughs> what is prayer? What, what is prayer? And does prayer work, is the questions we have been answering. It does work. It, it works very much so. It works perfectly. God accomplishes His will through this means. What does Dever mean by that? That this is a means that God uses to accomplish His purposes. Does anybody want to put that into their own words? Prayer is a means. Does God had, has God decreed all things that will come to pass? Yes. Does He know what will happen tomorrow? Yes, not only does He know it, but He's decreed it. Uh, are our prayers going to change the mind of God? No, and none of that is a problem. None of that should hinder our prayers if we understand that prayers, prayer is one of the means that God uses to accomplish His purposes. What is meant by that? Anyone? Maybe it would be better to use just an example. 
Does God have His elect in the world? Will they come to faith and repentance at the proper time? How will they come to faith and repentance? Use the M word. Through the means of the preaching of the gospel as the Spirit works. They will not come to faith and repentance magically, but God will use means. If people are to come to faith and repentance, the gospel must be preached. Does that mean that this is all dependent upon us? No, it means we have responsibility, that, but that God will do His work. He will accomplish His eternal decrees through the means of gospel proclamation. We might say evangelism and missions. And something similar can be said about prayer. God has decreed all things that will come to pass, and yet He brings about His purposes through the faithful prayers of His people. Will God do wonderful and marvelous things in our midst if we do not pray? I don't, I don't know that we should think that way. I think we should think instead this way. God will do wonderful and marvelous things in our midst as we pray and through the prayers of, of His people. He can supersede us, of course, and He could pour out blessings despite the prayerlessness of His people. But this is not what God has told us to do, and so we must be faithful. Scott. The scriptures say it, right? So even if you have a hard time comprehending like how this works, God's sovereignty and how it works in with the prayers of, the, uh, of God's people, even if you have a hard time comprehending it, we must just obey what the scriptures say, that we are to be fervent and consistent in our prayers. Okay, so prayer does work. It works according to God's will. He uses prayer as a means of grace to accomplish all of His purposes. So how to pray together as a local church... Um, You'll notice that Dever really does spend quite a bit of time on this, uh, that congregations must pray together. We pray together in a certain way in the morning service here at Emmaus. And as I've already said, there is a minister who will lead the congregation in prayer. And yet the whole congregation prays by saying amen, by being focused on what is being prayed for, joining their hearts to the minister and saying amen at the conclusion of it. But we also pray together in the afternoon service in a different way where members of the church are invited to pray. Even their children are invited to pray if they're prepared. You know that, uh, that, that qualification that I always give. Uh, but Dever does exhort churches to be faithful in this kind of, of prayer. And so let's go through the nine little points that um, he has about corporate prayer. He says, number one, our public prayer life together as a church, should grow out of our individual prayer lives. Uh, so it would be hypocritical to come and to pray corporately, but to not be praying privately. Uh, we should pray first privately, and then our corporate prayer life should flow out of that. I can't disagree with what he says, can you? I, I think this is true. Uh, both types of prayer are very important, but we are to have an individual and private prayer life I think before we are to have a corporate prayer life. Some of our practices in prayer will vary over time, he says on page 236. I think here he is simply acknowledging that there are different ways to do this as a congregation. Um, it may be that the time that we meet for corporate prayer changes as a church. It may be that a particular way of praying corporately changes. It all depends upon the circumstance. I think it's an important point to make. Three, some specific words can be especially helpful in leading, church, leading a church well in prayer. This is on page 237. And he emphasizes two things, I think. Um, both the word amen, which we've already talked about. That word is very important. 
It, it helps a congregation to pray together and to agree. But before that, he talks about the use of plural words like we and our. When Christ taught his disciples how to pr pray, notice the plurals. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So there's this, there's this plural word being used. And why is that especially important to use in corporate prayer? Because we're recognizing that we together are coming before the throne of grace. And then the amen is, is able to be spoken at the end of the prayer. Different kinds of public prayer help us as a church. So here he talks about um, the need to pray in, in a well-rounded way. Um, I believe that is his point here. Um, oh, he, he does mention in this place uh, both prayers that are spontaneous and prayers that are written. That's what he's dealing with in this section. I've just been reminded by my highlights here. He talks about the different kinds of prayers that are to be present in the liturgy of the church as well. Do you guys notice that there are a number of prayers that are stated in our morning worship service? You've noticed this, that we will read Scripture, we will pray, we will sing, we will read Scripture, pray, sing. There's a kind of, there's a responsive thing going on. You notice that, I hope. We get the announcements out of the way. Uh, before the call to worship is read. The call to worship is read from the Scriptures, so God's Word is declared. And then what do we do immediately after the call to worship is read? There is a, well, there's God's greeting that is given, but then there is a, a prayer. And it is specifically a prayer of invocation. That is what it is called. It is a prayer that is giving praise to God. It is a prayer that is giving thanks to God. It is a prayer also for God's assistance that He would help us to praise Him in a way that is worthy uh, through all the different forms of worship that we use. So there's a prayer of invocation, and then we sing, and then there's a call to confession. So the Word of God is read again. Usually the, the law in one form or another is read. And then there's a prayer of what after the, the call to confession? It, it's a prayer of Confession, silent first, and then led by the minister, followed by an assurance of pardon. So you have a prayer of invocation, a prayer of a confession, um, and then there is a prayer um, asking the Lord's blessing upon the ministry of the Word of God, right? And so, Lord, help us to hear your Word and to obey it. After the sermon, there's a prayer stated, which usually it has to do with living in obedience uh, to, to the Word of God as well. And then it's only after the Word of God has been preached and we have partaken of the Lord's Supper, there's a prayer in the middle of that too as well, that there is the, the, the prayer of intercession, or it might be called a pastoral prayer as well, where uh, it is my custom at least to walk through the Lord's Prayer rather rapidly and to pray for the needs of the congregation after we have communed together at the Lord's table. Uh, so you'll notice there's all these different types of prayers that are peppered throughout the, the worship service, and they do go along with the, the really the gospel that is being proclaimed in the liturgy itself. And here Dever does exhort, especially ministers, to, to think through these prayers. Uh, they can be spontaneous, that is fine. They can also be written or pre-prepared, and that also is good. Does anyone have, well you wouldn't raise your hand, but... I, um, I wonder if anyone has ever had this opinion that if, in order for prayers to be authentic, they need to be spontaneous. You know, I, I think I kind of had that mindset when I was younger uh, that, well, 
you know, if the Spirit is going to be moving through our prayers, they need to be kind of on the spot and spontaneous. And, and written prayers, pre-prepared prayers are kind of dead. I've totally changed my view on that. Um, there's a place for both. Uh, the Lord, the Spirit can lead us uh, in the preparation for our prayers uh, as well. Okay. Uh, so that is what Deborah is uh, talking about in, on page 238, different kinds of public prayer help us as a church. Uh, he says on page 239, one of our longer prayers on Sunday morning is directed specifically towards praising God. So that would be the prayer of invocation that we have talked about. One of our longer prayers on Sunday morning is directed to leading us in confession of our sins. So I've already talked about that. It is good to dedicate one of our prayers to asking God to help others and to help us as a church. Uh, that happens during the prayer of intercession or the pastoral prayer. Uh, where I pray through or others pray through the Lord's Prayer uh, rather rapidly. Point eight that he makes is this. Prayer should characterize not only our pub, pu- excuse me, public services, but also our elders' meetings, staff meetings, and our interperson- interpersonal interactions. Um, we call our elders' meetings officers' meetings. We do not have staff meetings. We just have officers' meetings. But the point is well taken we should not just pray in public worship, but really prayer should characterize all of our interactions with, with each other. Um, and I would encourage you all to, to continue to grow in this regard. When you're having fellowship with one another and when you're talking about some difficulty that has arisen within your lives, I, I think it would be good to develop this habit of just stopping and praying with people. I'll do this from time to time out in the courtyard after the morning service and before the afternoon service. I'll be talking with someone. Let's pray now. you know. Or sometimes I'll even grab another elder or two. So would you come and pray with me? I think that's a very good uh, habit to develop. Uh, in fact, just this last week or maybe the week before, I was talking with somebody on the phone about a problem they were experiencing. And I went immediately into problem-solving mode. Do you ever do this? You know, so how do we fix this? <laughs> uh, you know, and so I was on the phone with with this this brother for for ten minutes, and I'm hearing about the problem, and I'm giving advice, and I'm also trying to work on you know a way to help solve the problem. And I go down into my office, and about ten minutes later, it just strikes me: you didn't even pray with him. You know, you just went into problem-solving mode. So I picked up the phone, I called him back, and I said, "Hey, brother." I just realized what I did. Can we pray together? You know, and, and we prayed together. So it, it's strange how we are um, like this. We'll be faced with problems in life, and instead of running to the Lord in prayer, we'll often try to fix things, and sometimes even in our own strength. We need to break those habits, I think. Uh, the ninth point here, and we've moved through this lesson very quickly, haven't we? Uh, have a regular scheduled time of prayer each week and expect members to attend. So our custom here at Emmaus, our, our, our way of doing this is to have a corporate a prayer service on the Lord's Day. Uh, we do have a number of families who commute from a bit of a distance up on the mountain, up in the pass, up here um, from the Murrieta Temecula region. And so our custom has been to kind of have all of this on the Lord's Day. And so we will have our morning service. We'll have a time of fellowship in between. And then we'll have an afternoon service, as you know, where there's catechetical preaching and teaching, followed by corporate prayer. And so I think this is a very wonderful custom. And Dever does say, expect members to attend. You'll notice that we have appealed to the goodness of this thing over and over again. That's been our approach to say, please come because it is so good. And I, if I were to, to, to guess, I'm going to 
just continue to do that and even grow more stronger in our exhortations. The church needs to be get together for, for prayer, uh, brothers and sisters. We need to assemble together uh, for, for this purpose. So a wonderful um, treatment on this subject, I think. Uh, very good. Do you guys have any thoughts about it? Oh yes, one more quote before I have Tom uh, speak. Old Testament scholar Alec Moitier, how do you say his name, Moitier, Moitier, said that to abandon prayer is to embrace atheism. Maybe not intellectual atheism, but practical atheism for sure. To abandon prayer is to embrace atheism. Uh, to be prayerless reveals a lot about what's going on in your heart and mind. Um, you, you may confess that God exists and that Christ is Lord, but if there is no prayer life, either in an individual's life or as a church, you're, I know it's harsh to say it this way, but you're kind of living like an atheist is, uh, is the point. And so that was a sharp rebuke, I think, but one that is needed. I think we should, we should contemplate it. Let us not live like atheists, brothers and sisters, but let us be constant in prayer. Tom. Okay, yeah. So more examples for prayer, prayers that fit under the category of thy will be done. No. no. All the petitions. Okay. Yeah, I... Yes, very good. Yeah. Well, I've done it before. There have been prayer guides that I've put out before that do have bullet points uh, that list examples of the kinds of things that ought to be prayed for. I could republish that. Also, um, Ryan was just saying that our catechism is actually very helpful on these points. Um, and then he also mentioned the Westminster Larger Catechism, which expands upon these things. Uh, so, just a reminder here, um, what do we pray for in the third petition? Our catechism asks, and it does this with each of the petitions. In the third petition, which is, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we pray that God, by His grace, would make us able and willing to know, obey, and submit to His will in all things as the angels do in heaven. And I know that's not bullet pointed out here, but the words that are chosen are so helpful. Um, we are praying that God would enable us to obey Him by His grace, we're praying that He would make us able and willing. Uh, so, not only do we need to be given the strength, not only do we need to be made able to obey Him, we also need to be made willing to obey Him. So, sometimes we don't want to obey the Lord, and so we're asking God to change our hearts. And if we're going to obey the Lord, we need to know what His law says, we need to obey it, 
and we need to submit to His will. I think the little phrase there, to submit to His will, means that we are willing to say, Thy will be done. Um, not, not my will, but Thy will be done. Uh, so that we ultimately surrender ourselves and, and, and bring ourselves into a position of submission before Him. As the angels do in heaven, and of course to understand that phrase you need to know something about angels, uh, but I think you all do, uh, that there were angels that fell in the beginning who are in line and in league with Satan, but the angels that did not fall in the scriptures are called elect angels, and they do perfectly obey worship and serve the Lord continuously. And so we are praying that God would make us like them in this regard, that we would obey Him perfectly. It's a very good question, Tom. And I know I didn't quite answer your question, but yeah. Yeah. Yes. So the Psalms are filled with, I mean, they are, they are songs, but they're prayers put to music and to be sung by the people of God. So if you want to know how to bless the Lord in prayer, you can read the Psalms. Some are Psalms of praise. There are other types of Psalms as well. But being saturated in or, or immersed in the Psalms will help very much to know how to praise the Lord. When we say that we are to give glory to God in prayer, we're to pray that He would be glorified. You, we cannot add to God's glory, but we can bless His most holy name. As His creatures, we can come and give Him the praise that He deserves. We can bless His most holy name. We can acknowledge His glory and His goodness. We can give thanks to Him for all of the many blessings that He has poured out upon us in Christ Jesus, uh, even blessings in this life. And so all that is to be done um, at the start of our, of our prayer time. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We're to, we're to bless the name of, of God Most High. Yes. I might also add that our prayers need to be Trinitarian. Our prayers should be Trinitarian so that we pray to the one true God. We come to the Father through the Son and by the working of, or the power of the Holy Spirit. So it is good for our prayers to be Trinitarian. And there is to be this order to them. Um, it is interesting that Dever does mention that that acronym that many are familiar with, does anyone remember what it is? What does ACTS stand for? I wonder when this became popular. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. So adoration, we worship and adore God. Confession, we confess sins. Um, T, thanksgiving, we give thanks to God. And then S, supplication, we, um, we intercede. Um, for, well, we, we might bring our own needs before the Lord, but we also intercede on behalf of others. If you use Acts, I don't mean to be critical, um, but I'll be critical. <laughs> Anyways, why Acts? Why not just the Lord's Prayer? I've always kind of wondered about that. Why do we need this acronym? Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Why don't we just pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Which only has a couple more steps in it, really. And I think it's even more well-rounded. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Can anyone think of things that are missing there in that 
when compared to the Lord's Prayer. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, no, I and I totally agree with you. And I, I yeah, I do remember that emphasized when I first heard it that there should be this order to our prayers. And then now, all these years later, my response to that would be, "There's an order to the Lord's Prayer." You know, there, there's a sequence. There's priority given to certain things. So why why do we not just use it? And maybe I'm irritating some of you right now by being critical. I, I don't mean to hinder you in any way, but. I think it is worth thinking about. Why not immerse yourself in the scriptures? Why not make use of our catechism, which explains what every petition in the Lord's Prayer means? Why not pray through that prayer, even reciting it from memory and then walking through each petition? Uh, but I did ask a question. What? And yes, you, you will probably incorporate these things in the ACTS acronym, no doubt. But there are some things missing in it when compared to the Lord's Prayer. So we'll come back to that at some point, yeah. So you've seen it used as a summary of the Lord's Prayer. Okay, yeah, and, and I think that's just fine. Again, it, I'm sure that people pray very well according to that ACTS acronym. I'm just kind of pushing back a little bit saying, you know, this Lord's Prayer, it's been around a while. Um, we kind of unite ourselves with uh, the Christian tradition when we use it. It did come from the lips of Jesus Himself in response to the question, teach us to pray. He did not say, use Acts. He said, here are the petitions. So I'm just pushing back a little bit, and maybe I'm being too cantankerous right now. And, uh, but but, but what, are, what things are missing, though? They might be implied, but they're not explicitly stated in the Acts acronym. Thy will be done. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. I suppose you might, you might supplicate concerning, Lord, help me to obey you, but it's not explicitly stated. And then the other one that came to my mind was, Thy kingdom come. And again, you might supplicate concerning the furtherance of the gospel, and Lord, would you help this church, and would you help this missionary? I get it. It might be implied, and there's a place for it, but it's not explicit. And I'm just raising this as a potential problem because I know myself, and I know how human beings are. When things aren't explicit, they, tend, they can tend to be forgotten. And we can tend to run to things that are just more pressing to our personal lives, whereas um, these things that just have been mentioned, Lord, help me to obey you, and would you bless the furtherance of your kingdom? I mean, sometimes those don't feel like the most pressing needs to us. Ryan? There's another helpful resource, Martin Luther, wrote a little book called The Simple Way to Pray, where he teaches his daughter how to pray through the Lord's Prayer, through the Decalogue, through the Nicene Creed. I mean, that's a lot. And he kind of tells his father, like, I don't expect you to pray like me. This is just a model. But he encourages him to go through the Lord's Prayer, the Decalogue, the Nicene Creed, and even praying so Ryan, just for the sake of the recording, is, is recommending Martin Luther's resource, A Simple Way to Pray, which adds yeah, a funny story, right? He wrote it for his barber who was asking for some help, was confessing that he was having a hard time in prayer, was having a hard time focusing, and so it's a wonderful little treatment on the subject. And I would agree, it's a, it's a great book. Yeah, Gina? It's also locking in asking for forgiveness and giving forgiveness. Because 
adoration confession. Yeah, so, right. Um, I, I would agree. It, it should prompt us to confess our sins, but the language of the Lord's Prayer is so specific. Forgive us our debt, debts as, as we forgive our debtors. I mean, there's a reason that's embedded in there. And just the language of the Lord's Prayer is so very rich. It, 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 it should help us... Um, um, yeah, it should help us to pray well in each of these categories as well. I didn't mean to spend so much time on this subject, brothers and sisters. Sorry. It's hallowed be thy name. I, I think the thanksgiving is to, to be given to God from the start, where we bless the name of God. We, we give glory to God. We hallow His name. So we are not only blessing His name and hallowing His name, but we are praying that His name would be hallowed as well, that it would be glorified. And not only that, you know, our, whenever I pray in private and when I move through the Lord's Prayer, our Father in Heaven, even though I'm sitting alone, I'm thinking of (laughs) y'all, right? You see how this works? By praying in the plural, I'm never praying just for myself, but I'm, by praying, Praying in the plural of the Lord's Prayer, even even during private prayer, I'm praying for my family. I'm, I'm praying for my wife. I'm praying for our congregation. You know, sometimes very specifically, but also in, in a collective way. And then we do this in public prayer as well. Right. Yeah. I don't mean to come across harsh. I've said this like five times already. I don't mean to come down on you if this has been your custom. I guess I would just want to exhort you to think it through. Why not just memorize that Lord's Prayer, understand what each petition means? And then we use it together on the Lord's Day afternoon, so you should be familiar with it so that you can pray well in corporate too. So, Jody. Prepared prayers, written by others, written by ourselves, written by fellow members in the congregation, I, I think are very rich. I don't think one is better than the other. I think our prayers are spontaneous. We do also need to be prepared mentally, you know, and, and uh, to pray in a way that is honoring to God and beneficial to the congregation, for we are praying together in corporate prayer. Uh, it's wonderful. Um, maybe a one note of clarification. I do not think we have to pray through the petitions of the Lord's Prayer every time we pray. I don't think that's the point. I think that if you're 
praying with someone, you can just pray for the need, right? And uh, sometimes you will feel overwhelmed, and so you will pray to God. You'll cry out to God concerning that need. I think it is just fine for our prayers to be sometimes topical or situation-driven. Um, but I think the Lord's Prayer is given as a generic and, and a typical example for how we ought to pray as God's people. Scott, did you have something? Mm, What's a good re- remedy for the, the danger of legalism creeping into our prayer life? Um, it would be, I guess, the same remedy for the, just legalism of any kind. We, ha- we have to be humble before the Lord. Our, we have to submit ourselves to God in prayer. Our prayers need to be authentic. Um, we cannot have any notion of works righteousness where God is, you know, lo- loves me more because I come to Him in prayer. So there just has to be that examination of the heart. You need to do the same thing with Bible reading with church attendance, with your observation of the Lord's Supper. Uh, When we engage with any of these means of grace that God has given to us, we have to be careful that we're not like the Pharisees who are puffed up with pride, um, especially in public worship. Uh, Especially in public worship, we need to be sure that our hearts are humble before the Lord and one another uh, so that we are not trying to earn favor with God or earn, um, I don't know, just others looking at us and, and seeing us as being especially righteous or or. Yeah. I'll say this sometimes uh, before we go into corporate prayer in the afternoon, brothers and sisters. You know, it's it's just fine, and in fact, it's good if your prayers are brief and simple. The Lord loves uh, this, uh, so don't let it keep you from praying. This. This idea, well, I'm not eloquent or I don't have much to say. I think the Lord is very pleased with the simple and brief prayers of His people. And in fact, the Word of God does exhort us in that direction to not, you know, yeah, pile up words so as to impress, so as to impress man. Yeah. Okay. This this is a very good conversation, I think, on the topic of prayer. Um, there was one other thing I was going to say, and it's escaping me right now. Can't remember. Must be a reason for it. Maybe it was something that didn't need to be said. Okay, well, let's bow together now for a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we do come to you and we give you thanks for the gift of prayer. We thank you that you invite us, that you invite us to come before you as your children who've been redeemed through the blood of the Lamb, that you've invited us to come before you with boldness and with the expectation that you will indeed hear us and that you will work through our prayers. Lord, I pray for myself and for my brothers and sisters in Christ that we would not neglect this most precious gift, but that we would run to you through the Son and by the Spirit to bring our desires before you, submitting always to your will. Uh, Father, I pray that you would teach us to pray better individually and as a congregation. I pray that our um, corporate prayer meetings would be full and active and that you would get the glory, O God. Hear our prayers, work in and through them, teach us to pray better, 
God, above all, we pray that you would be glorified through your people as we live in obedience to you, but also as we live a life of complete dependence upon you. We pray these things in the name of Jesus and all of God's people say, Amen.